You found it. The home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 129, Exposing the Left. We're going to talk with uh, author and attorney Daniel Street today. Um, I'm going to put my earpiece in. We um, had a launch at uh, Blessed News Network, Jake Lang's channel, this morning. And as is usual, you know, there's some uh, bumps in the road and technical issues. And... Um, so I decided I'm going to do this episode separately for Rumble and CloudHub. So uh, we're going to go ahead and and, um, and, and do that. But um, it's exciting over there. And if you haven't downloaded the app, check it out. The app's out there now. A lot of good folks over there. And we are going to put together a channel that, that rivals any uh, other conservative channel. And it's all Christian-based stuff. So um, appreciate it if you check it out and support Blessed news blessed ed bless blessed news uh network it's blessed.news is the website you can check it out so as i mentioned today we have daniel street and we're going to talk about uh all the fake news and uh, the indictments and everything else so i'm going to go ahead and get started with an interview and we'll take a break um about in the middle of it I'd like to welcome Mr. Daniel Street to the Patriot Review for the first time. Well, Daniel's an attorney with over 26 years of experience in uh, civil litigation and immigration and at the state and federal level, is my understanding. He's also taken on a project that will be never-ending and give him job security for life, which is exposing the fake news. You see a trilogy of books behind him. Those That's fake news exposed on President Trump alone. And he's got three three there, but um, the way things are going, he could have thirty in the, in the near future. That's so, right. Dan, welcome to the show. I know you're I know you're doing more than than just uh, focusing on President Trump, but we'll talk about all that. But welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. And uh, you know, we were talking before before the show started that this is a uh, target-rich environment. If uh, if you're concerned about fake news and misinformation and propaganda, so uh, it, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm glad to be here to talk about it. Well, it's an honor to have you, and and I think more and more people are waking up to the fact, though, that uh, the, the the American news media is more like Pravda than it is about truth. And do you agree with that? You think more people are are catching on to what they're doing? Oh yeah, without a doubt. You know, yeah. your your last guest. Miss Joy uh, opined that media like what you're doing, uh, online media, web-based media, and citizen journalism is the new mainstream media. And and I think she's right about that. And I think the reason for that is because people just don't believe the fake news media and the legacy media anymore. And they're looking for alternative sources for information. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think the there are people that are kind of rising, you know, to the level of, um, I guess, securing the trust of, of the American people. And what I find interesting is that I know of, of podcasters in Italy, for example, in Australia, in, you know, all over Europe, and their focus is also on America, which is, which I find interesting, you know, because I think, I think they realize that how America goes, so goes the world as far as the free world goes. And, um, we were talking about, and I want to get into at least the first part of the interview, talking about Trump specifically, and you know what are the 
what are the key things, the key points of misinformation that you think are still out there that can cause him a problem in 2024? Sure. Um, <clears throat> probably the the most critical, and it's I don't I don't want to call it a piece of misinformation. It is a mass of misinformation surrounds January 6th and uh, President Trump's with, with the fake news media, with the Department of Justice and the special counsel and some uh, Democrat operatives would, would call his role in it. Yeah. Uh, January 6th is absolutely a massive propaganda campaign from uh, a, a collaborative propaganda campaign from the federal government, fake news media, social media, uh, the Democrat Party, and some uh, Republican establishment uh, participants. And I think that narrative has been set up. Um, we're probably going to see another indictment or two arising out of that. Now, whether President Trump will be uh, ensnared in that, I don't know. But the, the whole point behind it is to keep that narrative going so they can use it to interfere in the next election. So I think that January 6th is probably, with respect to directly answer your question as to what might impact Trump, what's going to be used to mm -hmm. hurt Trump on the misinformation uh, realm, it's going to be January 6th and and the indictment. Yeah, the indictment on the uh, on January 6th and in the whole January 6th story, I've always referred to as the American Reichstag fire. I mean, it, they took a, they took an example out of history, and they they produced their own version of it to to be able to start to scapegoat a whole group of people. And it's not only about President Trump, it's also, you know, we are now the domestic terrorists. If you're white, if you're male, if you're if you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in individual liberty, which is the most important thing that, that people I think have been overlooking, is that there's this uh push, this this uh communistic or I think fascistic push to to put people into uh this box and anybody that's outside of this box is you know a danger to the country just like the jews were the disabled and handicapped were the, the homosexuals were i mean th this is what's happening i think today and uh one of the things that i used to show and i should show again is this seven minute compilation i put together on all of the all of the real hate language coming from people like Maxine Waters and uh, you know all the other uh, folks out there calling for people to attack Trump supporters, and then showing in you know right after that showing President Trump speaking on January twentieth, where he says we're going to peacefully, you know, peacefully uh, make our voices heard, and say, you know, so I compare that back and forth, and so January sixth. You know, there's been a lot on that. There's a lot of it doesn't pass. It didn't pass the common sense test from the beginning. I mean, why would they withhold 14,000 hours of film, right? When it's our, it's ours. It's the American people's. And um, so, absolutely 100%. What do you think on the the uh, the top secret documents and the Mar-a-Lago raid? And do you think that's going to flop like the Russia hoax did? Or what's your thought on that? That's a good question. Um, I think that with with respect to the political mileage that the Democrats and the Biden administration uh, were hoping to get out of it, it's already flopped. Um, 
I don't think it resonates with the American people and, and just the nature of the attack itself, I don't think resonates. But, um, you know, prognosticating about how that would turn out, you know, that's uh, that's a tough call. I, I will say that I think the, and I actually have written about this, um, a book I just completed has a chapter about it. My sub stack has a chapter about it or has a post about it, which is about the, uh, the, the federal indictment and the Presidential Records Act. I really believe it's a Presidential Records Act case. Mm -hmm. I could explain that. Um, and I think ultimately that I believe that the, uh, at least the vast overwhelming majority of the indictment uh, should be dismissed on that basis. And I'd be glad to explain that if you if you wanted that deep of a dive. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Well, what really happens is, and people... People don't realize this. Used to, used to uh, the the president owned all of the papers that he compiled during his term. That change was changed by Congress after Nixon, President Nixon's administration, and then subsequently the presidential presidential record, uh, uh, yeah, the Presidential Records Act was passed in 1979, and that's the act with a couple of tweaks since then that is in effect now. And really, what what the the law sets up is any record that's generated by the president or by his office or his staff, or that's provided, the statute says, to the president or his office or his staff, is either a presidential record or a personal record. And it is up to the president to determine what is a president or his designee to determine what is a presidential record and what is a personal record. So the federal courts are divided. Uh, well, in fact, a couple of federal courts have ruled that there is no judicial review of that classification. And what that means is if that view uh, holds sway, it means judicial review is can the court review this determination and decide if it's wrong or right? That's what judicial review of that classification mm -hmm. is. And here I'm talking about, is it a presidential record or a personal record? So that's the famous one of those cases is the Clinton sock drawer yeah, case. Yeah. Tapes. President Clinton had uh, recordings, eight years worth of recordings stuffed in a sock drawer, drawer. Judicial Watch said, hey, those are presidential records. He didn't turn them over to the National Archivist and went to federal court. And federal judge says, hey, Clinton says those are his personal records, not presidential records. We don't know if we can even second guess that because it would it, it would impact the executive power and, and violate separation of powers and all this stuff. So, um. If that now there is another court, there's another federal district court that has ruled that those dis determinations can be reviewed for purposes of determining whether or not um, federal uh, FOIA obligations are being evaded, which is, hey, you're marking this as a presidential record to try to keep a federal agency from having to produce its records. So federal mm -hmm. agency records aren't presidential records under the Presidential Records Act. So. That's a that's a hyper technical legal. Well, they, you know, it's obvious that they uh, they knew all this as well, of course. Sure. And that's why they went with the Espionage Act, which. Um, yeah. Well, how do you feel about that? And, and why? Why do you feel what you feel about using the Espionage Act here? All right. Th that's a great question. First of all, the Espionage Act was passed in 1917. OK. At that time, the president's records belonged to the president. He couldn't have unauthorized possession of his own records. The, what, what they've charged President Trump with is uh, 
Title 18 USC Section 793E violation, which is unauthorized possession and unauthorized retention of national defense information. Now, this is one of the most profound pieces of this whole propaganda campaign, because what's been going on since since the Mar-a-Lago raid or even before was the the claim that President Trump retained classified information. Okay, now the problem with that is several problems, but one of them is this indictment does not charge President Trump with unlawfully possessing classified information. And that's one of the things that really just drives me bonkers because all you hear about is the news media talking about classified info, the DOJ talking about classified info. The the, uh, Espionage Act does not require that the documentation or information be classified And President Trump has not been indicted for any violation of any of the classified documents, classified information statutes. So this is not a classified document case. Now, the classification status of a document can be relevant to whether or not the document is national defense information because the the Espionage Act requires that the documents or the information be closely held by the government. All right. But so all this stuff about President Trump had... 101 classified documents. That's got nothing to do, really, ultimately, with what he's charged with. So it would also be covered under the Presidential Records Act, which is why they stay away from it, right? Well, that's exactly right, because actually the Presidential Records Act makes, makes no distinction whatsoever between whether a document is classified or not classified. So if you look, in fact, even with respect to presidential records under the Presidential Records Act, the president has a statutory right, it's a mandatory right, to have access to his documents, even the classified ones, okay? There's a specific provision of the Presidential Records Act that deals with that. But what I think, look, put this in perspective. If you pulled up the indictment, and I'm, here I'm talking about the federal indictment. We can talk mm-hmm. about the BS New York indictment later. But the federal, if you pull up the federal indictment and, and they include a, uh, a table of all these documents and they give you some descriptions about when it was produced and when he possessed it, when they claim he wasn't supposed to, which is all from January of 2021 to, to, to either June of 2022 or August of 2022. And, and they give you a little description. One of those documents uh, is in the description is President Trump's presumably handwritten notes from a phone call with a foreign leader. Now, the reason I mention that is Bill Clinton had eight years worth of recordings of phone calls with foreign leaders right. in, a, in a drawer, and he didn't get charged with anything. You know, right. Trump has some papers that total a couple of hundred pages. Right. And, you know, he gets indicted. So um, I think I, I personally, I think the uh, the two indictments against President Trump right now are um, absolute travesties. They are political. My, my latest Substack post about that very issue calls it the federal persecution of President Trump. Well, um, it is. Yeah. And, and he. Uh, um, you know, I, I think ultimately, after all the smoke clears. um. There's not going to be much left of that case. 
Um, I, I can't promise that I don't want to go out and say the whole thing is going to be dismissed because there's some other aspects about it that we haven't talked about. Yeah. But but I, I think, think they're going to be in really good shape. I think they know that. And they just, you know, it's it's propaganda. So they get what they can out of it. And then they move on to the next propaganda campaign and they hope it sticks. But I think they're ticking off a lot of first of all, they're insulting the intelligence of the American people collectively and the American people, especially the independents. Are going to just be switched off by this kind of stuff, and and yep. Trump is showing in his polls is picking people uh, picking people up, right? I mean, That's they're, right. They're they're basically shooting themselves in the foot. I think. Do you do you agree with that? I do. I mean, to a point, anyway. I will say, I think a lot of this is is just like we've been talking about misinformation. Because if you think about this, most people don't realize this. So I really like. To, to have your, your viewers and your listeners know this, former presidents continue to receive classified intelligence briefings. Okay, now, when President Trump won in 2016, the fake news media started a story, oh, President Trump's going to cut off Barack Obama, former President Obama's uh, receipt of classified intelligence briefings. And it was fake news. And President Trump mm -hmm. came and said, we hadn't even talked about that. Nobody's going to do that. But, of course, Joe Biden did. Joe Biden shut off President Trump's uh, uh, classified intelligence briefings a, a few months into his uh, into Biden's term. My point is, if it's illegal, even forgetting for a moment that the indictment doesn't charge President Trump with any mishandling of classified documents. But even if it did. Former presidents get classified briefings right. if they weren't entitled to classified information then, then the law would have been violated for the last hundred years you know so yeah. i think people need to keep all of that in mind they act like president trump's done if he if he winds up having some national defense information in his possession um that's so well, what what's ridiculous is they they show the boxes that the fbi piled up they show the documents all over the floor that the FBI put out there and, you know, they, they treated it as if that's how it was when they got there. But even if it was, I mean, he still has, he has secret service protection, something that, sure. something that uh, Joe Biden didn't enjoy as a Senator, nor did he as a vice president, something that Hillary Clinton certainly didn't have at the department of state. And, you know, she has 30 plus thousand emails and confidential and top secret emails that she just gets to wipe out and then acid wash, acid wash the, the drive and gets absolutely nothing. She also sells uranium to our enemy. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I think people, anybody who is anywhere close to honest and looking at the situations that have occurred in the past 10 years uh, in particular can see that. You know, this, our government has shifted from a two-party system, and this happened a long time ago, but really it is a, it is a, a uniparty, and you have, you have this game being played where, you know, they point fingers at each other, then the other, other party just kind of throws a fit, and then nothing happens in response to it, unless, unless you're a guy like President Trump, who's challenging that uniparty, who's a danger to that uniparty, and, you know, I, First of all, do you agree with that? And secondly, why can't more of the American people see that?
after we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific um, sight to come upon. It was the fact that our daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. person step foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. Well, yes, I do agree. In fact, I, I routinely uh, refer to the ruling class, if you will, as the uniparty. Um, and it's not the entirety of the Republican Party, but I call it the uh, the globalist establishment Republicans. Uh, they are they are in lockstep and in league with the Democrats and in the left in general, and they uh, they disagree on some some policy issues. They have some minor policy disagreements, but in, when it comes to the wielding of power, they're in complete utter lockstep. So I agree. Um, why don't more people see it? I think a lot of people see it. Certainly more people see it now than did in the past. And, and one of the reasons for that <clears throat> is what you were just describing about Hillary Clinton. During the investigation of Hillary Clinton's uh, email scandal, so a handful of her top assistants were given immunity by the the federal law enforcement um, and were interviewed and they were allowed to participate in the interviews in one another's presence, which is never done, <laughs> never. 
And it's and if you compare that to the treatment that President Trump's gotten, the the attacks on attorney-client privilege that have been made, just blatant, aggressive, over-the-top attacks on attorney-client privilege for President Trump's lawyers and his family members and his his uh, administration and his senior uh, assistants and and department heads and everything else you can think of. Uh, and then they go deal with Clinton where they have actual criminal activity. Um, because she did not have, she, she, she used her, people don't realize this. She created the whole fake, uh, I mean, the whole private server so she could get out of FOIA obligations, which is the Freedom of Information Act. Mm-hmm. She wanted to have all these communications and not have to produce them. So, which is just the Clintons. It's, 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 it's quintessential mm-hmm. Clintons. The rules yeah. don't apply to us. The law don't apply to us. And when the feds come in to investigate, they soft pedal everything uh, give everybody immunity and let them go. And yeah, do it's we, just the opposite. And, and I think that's why some people are waking up. So do we have any, do we have any hope, honestly, of that reversing and actually holding people accountable in your opinion? Uh, for, for all the Clintons or for anybody who truly, I mean, there's definitely a two tiered uh, justice system, but the difference between us and them is, is I think that, we would say that regardless of who you are or what your political affiliation is, if you violate the law, then that's your problem. You're right. Yeah. I mean, so you know, what's the answer to to this and turning it around? Because I think people are looking at President Trump and they're saying, oh, well, he gets in office and everything's going to change. And yeah, I mean, it's he's one man and, and he may have a he's going to have an effect and he's going to be very helpful. But I think it takes more than that. I mean, four years is definitely not enough. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I will tell you that uh, to undo the leftist, for lack of a better characterization, tilt of the federal bureaucracy, yeah, that's going to take a lot longer than four years. I mean, could can something be done about it? Yes. Can, can President Trump or someone else uh, improve the situation? Yes. But uh, really, you're talking about... Um, a mentality. What, really, what happens is you'll find that in general, conservatives usually not. This isn't a universal truth, but in most cases, conservatives don't seek out these type of uh, government institutional jobs. They just really don't. There are conservatives there, but but when you get people who are are entrenched, thirty five year bureaucrats, uh, most of them historically tend to lean to the left to begin with. Mm-hmm. So what you wind up with is a bunch of institutional people at all of these federal agencies that are, um, they're going to be absolutely opposed to any um, real reform. You know, it's, so it's going to be a challenge. I, I don't, I always try to stay positive and tell people that there's things that can be done and there are, but that's, that's something that would take, you know, in my opinion, probably a decade or more of really aggressive reform efforts to, to completely change. So many people say, you know, just get rid of the FBI and, and ha- let's have a redo. What, uh, what is it, what is actually involved in really trying to do something like that? Yeah. Well, you know, look, the FBI I always tell everybody about the FBI. If you look back and study on the development of the FBI, you know, it's really been it's been 
to some extent corrupt from the very beginning. Okay. But because J. Edgar Hoover, I don't think yeah, you would get any sure. debate from anybody that he was not, you won't get anybody to claim he wasn't corrupt. But um, yeah, I think that, look, we, we have to have federal law enforcement. The, the FBI um, performs some absolutely critical roles for national security and counter counterintelligence and counter espionage and all these other things, not to mention, you know, um, investigating all manner of domestic crimes. And yes, I mean, we have to, we can abolish the FBI tomorrow and start all over. And that I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I think that's probably a good idea, but we would have to immediately recreate something very similar. Um, because there are a lot of forces at work throughout the world that want to harm this country Mm-hmm. And and the FBI plays an important role in stopping those people. You know, now as we've seen, they target conservatives, they target religious people. They're Christian. a lot of times their prosecutions and their methods are not applied even handedly. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't need federal law enforcement. You know, yeah, so I agree, hundred percent. I would just I would just uh, def- further define that they target Christians. They don't target religious people. They they don't they don't do a thing about those parts of Minnesota that are no go zones because of their Sharia law controlled, not a thing. And good point. You know, um, so let's talk about your books behind you. Now you have three on the fake news and President Trump specifically. Can you cover for us kind of what the range is for each one of those so people uh, know what's what's in, inside? Sure, absolutely. So there's three volumes. As you mentioned, there's fake news exposed about Trump, volume one, volume two, and volume three. There's a total of 83 chapters. Each book comes with a link to a free chapter. So that all the chapters combined are 86. Everything is covered from when Trump was running in 2015 and 16, all the way up to, um, I guess the books ended, would have ended around last year. Uh, at some point in last year. And then I've got, you know, I've got some, another book I mentioned um, and and then a sub stack that covers some more recent things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, literally, you know, I'll tell you one of the things that that uh, people do when they read it, I'll, I'll have a, a friend or someone I know reads one of my books. They'll tell me time and again, man, I forgot all about that, you know, because <laughs> there's so yeah. many lies. Yeah. And, and it'll just blow you away. You know, when President Trump, for instance, uh, first took office, there was a fake news story that circulated that he had removed the bust of Martin Luther King Jr. that President Obama had put in the Oval Office. Um, that was day one. You know, it was not true. Right. It, it, it was debunked within a few hours, but I always use that as an illustration. President Trump walked in the Oval Office and the fake news media started lying about well, what sure. he did. Well, they lied, you know, yeah, they lied before him. And, and that, 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 the bust one is funny because it was, it's always people say they do what they accuse us of. And, and who was it that right. sent the bust of Churchill back to the, back to England that, uh, you know, because of his, uh, supposed, right. uh, well, Obama, because he disliked Churchill because he thought he was, you know, conquest, colonial conquest of, yeah, yeah he was an imperialist. Yeah. You know, but, that's that's a good point. As a cancel culture point, um, and what I always want to point out about if you've ever been to the uh, Museum of Natural History in New York City, the the leftist 
run in New York City removed Theodore Roosevelt's statue. Yeah. They don't even I, I don't know I didn't know never that, have but... really figured out what their complaint was about Roosevelt. But um I mean so there's no end to that, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. So so you got eighty six chapters there uh total. You got the, the, the one free per book. Um so where does the last book end off at? You said last year. What is it what's the last thing you talk about there? The most recent piece of information in uh in the books is probably, you know, honestly, I, I'd have to look at it to see what the most recent is. I think it's uh, it's probably about, yeah, January 6th. Oh, the the January 6th information is covered in uh, volume one, and that's going to be the most recent uh, material in the books. That's awesome. Um, where do people go to get those? Uh, the easy thing to do, you can go to my website, danielrstreet.com. There will be links to my free book. There's links to the, the books you can purchase at Amazon. There's links to my Substack, links to my um, social media. I'm on Twitter and Truth Social and Instagram. And okay. so I just tell people, go to the website, danielrstreet.com. You can find it all. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And then you mentioned your new book. What's the title of that? Uh, Fake News Exposed, 25 of the Worst Media Lies um, on Conservatives guns, COVID, and everything else. So it's a hodgepodge. It's everything from, there's about 10 chapters about COVID. I cover everything from the lies about ivermectin to uh, the lies about the Pfizer uh, studies, you know, the Pfizer clinical trials, the lies about uh, safe and effective. I mean, just just a host of things. Um, then there's there's some some uh, immigration misinformation chapters there. If you remember the, the bull whip, uh, you know, the border patrol was falsely accused of whipping Haitians and at the, at the border in Texas. And that was all misinformation. And that's covered in the book and a couple other chapters. There's a chapter about uh, the misinformation about uh, that the media pushes about illegal immigrants don't commit as much crime or don't commit crimes at the rate that American citizens do. I got a chapter debunking that. And uh, there's some chapters about Governor DeSantis, about his his uh, program to or the gov the state of Florida's program to fly the the uh, immigrants to Martha's Vineyard and all the misinformation about that. The don't say gay uh, misinformation campaigns, if you remember that. So there's just a hodgepodge of things that that book is free. There's a link to it at my website. You can just go uh, to through book funnel and and have it in your inbox. Awesome, awesome. So let's shift gears now and talk about truth. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about you know. In one hand, you have all this these things we've been talking about about Trump and about mega supporters in, in general, and on the other hand, m m every day more and more stuff is coming out about Biden and the Biden crime family. Um. So what are what are I mean, we know that the the left the leftist media they're they're covering for them they're trying to oh, yeah. twist everything and turn everything and and cover it but um, you know now this past week we've you know found out about the five million dollar payment we found out the text messages from uh, Hunter that say oh, yeah. you know he's sitting here with his dad and you know they're they're wondering why the deposit hasn't been made yet basically for for their illegal agreements and yet you know the 
the news media is still the lapdog of the left and you know in 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 really in comparison there is no comparison is there between Trump and Biden no and in fact <clears throat> look one of the in my opinion one of the single most egregious most outstandingly bad examples of election interference by the fake news media in the history of this country is the treatment of the Hunter Biden laptop story yeah, and you know not only did the government, we now know, actually, working was working behind the scenes with social media companies, pressuring social media companies to suppress the truth about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, the bottom line is, is that uh, and it, and this is a perfect issue to illustrate the difference between the way the media treats President Trump and the way the media treats really any Democrat, but in this case, Biden is just imagine for a moment the absolute media hysteria there would be if that had been Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump's laptop. Yeah. You know, there wouldn't have been anybody suppressing that information. They would have put it on blast and just spread lies about it, embellished it, exaggerated it endlessly. And oh, here sure. we have actual evidence of criminal activity and the laptop's just the beginning of that by Hunter Biden and he gets very, very little, even in the way of unfavorable media coverage. I mean, it's it, it, it to me, you know, I, I deal with fake news all the time. So I know the New York Times and the Washington Post and, and CNN and MSNBC are organs of the left. And everything they do are almost everything they do. A lot of what they do is to promote the left. I know that. So I'm really not shocked by it, but they go to such lengths to protect Biden and, and his family that it, I, even I'm at a loss for words about it. I mean, it's just this is incredibly newsworthy information. We had whistleblowers coming forward from multiple federal agencies, from the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Internal Revenue Service, all talking about how the federal government killed these investigations of, of Biden and the media is just like blah. But remember when the whistleblower was that deranged Ukrainian Colonel Vindman who whistle blew supposedly on President Trump about his call with the President Zelensky of the Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing to whistleblow. Mm -hmm, right. And the media is all there. Oh, you can't attack whistleblowers. You got to protect whistleblowers. Right. We didn't even get to know who it was. You know, right. They throw all these whistleblowers under the bus, and these whistleblowers are talking about actual criminal activity. Right, and they have direct knowledge of it. Um, so it's yeah. so yeah. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling how stupid they think we are. It, and that's a great way to characterize it. It really is, and uh, the there the comparison between the two. I think more and more people are understanding that you know that's this is. This is all just a, a ploy to destroy the election possibilities in 2024. They're doing the same thing they tried to do in 16, the same thing they successfully did in 20. That's uh, right. You know, and then and then there's the challenge where even if we get control of all this stuff, we still have the voting machines, right? We still have the sure. the. Uh, what do you think about that? What what's where do you stand on whether or not those elections can even be fair anymore? Well, I think what, uh, for the most part, what the uh, 
what the Democrats are taking advantage of. And and, and let me let me preface my remarks here. Um, I'm from Louisiana. We have a pretty much a Republican controlled government right now. Our, our, our governor's Democrat, but everything else is run by Republicans. But in the past, we had, you know, for over 100 years, this state was under the absolute dominion of Democrats. Um, we have a long history. I always tell everybody to, you know, right when you when you start talking about election integrity, wrap your mind around this. We have a long, long history in this country of, um, of election fraud and voting fraud and illegitimate elections. You know, I could rattle them off for you because all the way back, you know, we had a governor of the, of the state of Louisiana in 1896, a guy named Murphy J. Foster. And he was a bourbon, which was a Democrat faction. And mm-hmm. their their maxim was vote right or we will count them right. OK, so this has been going on a long time. This is not <laughs> new. That's pretty yeah. blatant. Yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> we call it or I always call it the dim fraud machine. So what they've figured out and what they're doing now in, in scale is in the states uh, where they can is registering people to vote illegitimately. People that at bogus addresses, you know, you'll have 480 people registered at a hotel and all that kind of stuff. And they they go boost the voter rolls as close as they can to the election. And then they harvest as many of those ballots, even though look, I, I firmly believe, and in my opinion, a lot of this are just not even real votes. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And, um, and then they go out and figure out how many of them they need to cast in order to win. Now, the the challenge moving forward is to stop that from happening. And the and the best way to do that, or one of the important ways to do that, is to aggressively clean up the voter rolls and keep them clean. And and I think that there's some people working on that. Yeah. Um, if if any of your viewers or listeners know Jay Valentine. Um, is one of the he, he developed fractal technology, which is used, you know, for by the Department of Homeland Security for um, the the terrorist watch list and things like that. That um, that fractal technology is being used to to try to challenge this problem, fix this problem, attack this problem in a number of different states. The states where it's you know Nevada, Wisconsin, where you are, um, Michigan. Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, uh, New Mexico, Colorado, there's some others, Washington State. Um, then you have uh, ballot harvesting, which uh, a lot of people don't understand really what ballot harvesting is, but and in a lot of states, it's illegal. It's illegal in my state, okay? Mm-hmm. And when I say it's illegal here, it's in Louisiana, it's, it's not only illegal, it's very illegal, and it's very, very difficult to do because we make very limited use of absentee ballots, but ballot harvesting is going out in some of these states, like in Pennsylvania, you can request a mail-in ballot. And by the way, you can thank the Republicans that controlled the legislature in in, uh, in Pennsylvania for Act Number 77, which caused this to be the law. So sometimes Republicans aren't our best friends. And, uh, yeah. Um, you can request a ballot. Well, so what they do is they, the Democrats are doing is they're using technology. They're using emails, uh, text messages, every kind of, you know, direct messaging through social media to get people, hey, 
request your ballot, request your ballot, request your ballot. And then they send somebody around to pick them up. Right. Now, in most states, that's illegal. It's not illegal in California. And some there's a few states that have modified ballot harvesting. Like in Arizona, it's legal as long as you're a family member. And that is an undefined term in their law. If you're a family member of the voter, you can collect their ballot. All right. So the... When I talk about this with people, people say, well, you know, what's wrong with that? I said, well, here's the problem. Number one, you take away the incentive for a person to be aware enough of what's going on to simply go cast his own ballot right. or, or her own ballot. Somebody's going to come get it from it. And the other thing you do is facilitate fraud. And the reason for that is it is not much of a jump for me to show up at your house and say, this is legal. And I show up and say, hey, Jeff, have you did you vote? No, you know, I haven't done it yet. I said, well, look, today's election day. You got that ballot? Yeah. Well, what's to stop me from signing your name to it? Oh, exactly. What's to stop me from having you sign it? And then I check all the boxes, right? So it facilitates fraud. And we know some of that in some places, that's what's been going on. So you put those two things together. There's a few other things they're doing that aren't on the scale that these two items are. Right, like the nursing homes. And that's the challenge. Um, Can it be fixed? Can it be fixed? Yes. Will it be fixed by 2024? To some extent, will it be fixed enough? I don't know. Right. There's yeah, a lot some of other examples like the it. nursing homes and going in and, and sitting there and filling out the ballot with a person who really doesn't even know what you're talking about because they that's right. Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's so bad. That happened in your state. Yeah. Um, and, and on, on a grand scale. Although yep. I will say that is an old timey dim fraud machine tactics. That one's been going on for a long time. You know, well, uh, you know, one of the one of the presidents who was elected into office under very well known nefarious means was JFK. Uh, you know, I mean, looking back in uh, with his relationship in Chicago that pushed him basically over the edge, right? And right. Um, so it has been going on longer than that, I'm sure. But uh, well, uh, if if you remember, Lyndon Baines Johnson it, won a Senate race by I, I want to say it was. 48 votes that they found in somebody's trunk. Right. You know, I mean, this, it, and, and if you remember, Al Franken won a Senate race in Minnesota yeah. by less than 600 votes they found in somebody's trunk. And that's much more recent. You know, so. Stuart, Stuart Smalley. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Biden a little bit, but I have another thing I want to throw at you. And that is that um, I think that the left is is on board with these stories about Biden coming out because they don't want him. They want him to be primaried, and I think the, the person they're going to push is probably Gavin Newsom. What do you think about that thought? Well, we'll know for sure. Um, you know, the, it, it won't take long. And the reason I say that is there are already some news stories uh, coming out in what I call the legacy media. Legacy media is, you know, historic media. Yeah. Uh, New York Times, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, the TV networks. And there are finally some stories that are breaking through on, uh, particularly about the IRS whistleblower. There was some, some. Uh, I think, I think the Atlantic and Vox ran a couple of those stories. I might have the legacy media outlets confused, but, um, but it'll be real, real easy to tell if the Democrat establishment decides that Joe Biden is not the guy. Um, you will see the media outlets that they control or have the closest relationship with 
take the gloves off and start pounding the yeah, Biden administration. Start to attack him. Well, I think his his medical condition is going to leave him no choice. I mean, you know, what the latest in the news is uh, that Putin is losing the war in Iraq. You know, that's what came out of his mouth here. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the guy is just, you know, I mean, I, I really think he's a puppet. He doesn't even know where he's at most of the time. I agree. And uh, it's it's really a shame. I mean, I don't feel sorry for him, but uh, yeah. it's 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 just a bad situation. And uh, so it'll be interesting to watch. And our time has really flown by already. I'd like to have you back and talk some more. Sure. And, uh, and to go into some more of the fake news stories specifically. And what would be really interesting is to have you talk and selectively pick some things out of the books that people probably have forgotten. And uh, oh yeah, that would be that would be kind of good. So. Um, Again, give all the information where people can find your books and um, and anything else you want to say in closing for us. Sure. Well, first of all, DanielRStreet.com has the links to my, my my books at Amazon, link to the free book that you can get. Uh, it has links to my social media, my Twitter, my True Social, and uh, to my Substack. So DanielRStreet.com, you can get everything I'm doing. Uh, I even have a media page that'll link. You know, once once this this broadcast goes up. I will add that or my people will add that to the web page so you can watch all of my interviews and things like that. Uh, the one I'll tell you what is a parting thought though. I wanted to say, first of all, uh, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And, and I got what, what I tell everybody about this is it's a, it, it's a lot of fun to get to tell people this information and to speak what I, what I consider to be, it, and we'll say it's a calling, but uh, there, there are people, there's a limited ability of people to get this kind of information to get the truth. Right. And so I appreciate what you're doing and, and thank you for allowing me to participate. But I was laughing there for your last comment about President Biden's mental state. Um, and you're talking about, you know, Russia losing the war in Iraq. My wife asked just maybe yesterday, we were talking about going to Europe and She's not real big on flying right now because of the uh, the COVID vaccine mandates <laughs> on the yeah. pilots yeah. Yeah. and heart attacks and things. And so she says, um, can we drive there as a joke? You know, and I said, well, no. I said, but as soon as, train. We, <laughs> as soon as we finish that train across the ocean that President <laughs> Biden is talking about, we can take yeah. a train. You know? Yeah, there you go. That's great. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway hey thanks for having me hey yeah stick around for a minute after we uh, click the button here uh okay. talk to you a little bit so thanks so much and uh yeah. we'll have you back folks again go to daniel r street daniel r is in rabbit street.com and check out everything that uh, daniel has to offer there and uh, we'll have him back for sure thank you daniel thank you After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I, let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific. Um, sight to come upon was affected. 
her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our, our minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. So there you have it. That was Mr. Daniel Steele. I am going to take us to a new segment that I'm doing, and um, it's called The Signal. And here's a little splash. So what is the signal? Well, the signal is basically, I, I like the website, um, political sig uh, political because it has stories in it that yeah they cover the the main stories that are going on and that uh, everybody's covering and everybody's interested in but they also have usually um, some topics that you are not going to see uh, in the uh, majority of the shows that are out there and uh, so I like it for that reason so I just I'm going to scroll through a couple of these that I find interesting and uh, this is going to be part of a regular segment that I do uh, at the at the beginning or towards the beginning of each show uh, as we go through and we we convert over to a short more of a short interview and different segment block type of show. So uh, this will be part of that uh, regular done on a regular basis on a daily basis. So um, so I'm scrolling through here and and uh, uh, I'm like. Yeah, this one for sure. Joe Biden hit with a curveball. He did not expect. Um, he, you know, has had the luxury of not being held to account when compared to President Trump. And Daniel and I were talking about that a little bit. And 
you know, the, the two-tier justice system and, and uh, it's becoming more and more difficult for them, I think, and for him to get away with what he's been getting away with. So in this, you know, he's uh, some articles of impeachment were introduced by Georgia Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene in May. The support to impeach President Joe Biden has steadily grown. The investigation into the Biden family's international business dealings has revealed multiple pieces of evidence showing uh, a basis for the impeachment. Charges against Hunter Biden and uh, the falling apart of his plea deal further support such an action. As more whistleblowers come forward, those who were uh, reticent or questioned impeachment at the time are now supporting the action. And basically, I, I think, and maybe you agree, that what's going to happen is he is going to he's going to end up, and uh, should say, congressmen and women are going to end up to where they really are not getting much of a chance because the or choice because the evidence is just continually mount, uh, mounting. Um, Let's see, we've got this uh, interesting topic here. Elon Musk threatens to sue the group that pressures big tech to ban users, or to sue group. Uh, awesome, that's good news. I think we all are more than fed up with, with uh, being censored on social media. And uh, I think that's a welcome sight to see for sure. So let me go back here. What else do we have? Uh, let's see. Uh, we have Reagan's son drops truth bomb on Joe Biden and his son. Democrats would have skewered me. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, him in the news for a long time. Uh, but he's right on, just as if or just as we talked about again with Daniel in the show today that you know if it were if it were um Donald Trump Jr or one of the Trump kids that had the laptop and if it was one of them that had the gun that uh, was found in a trash can and you know they would have been completely destroyed by now because the left would attack but uh, again evidence of the two-tier justice system um so that is the show for today. I appreciate you being here with me, and please do consider following the Blessed News Network. It's blessed.news online, and they do have apps to download. I'm going to continue streaming to Rumble and CloudHub like I do now, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be done on a daily basis when uh, we get all this technical stuff straightened out. So I uh, appreciate your patience, and we will see you next time.